is Bloomberg Surveillance. Volatility in energy prices can influence consumer inflation expectations. Those have been trending down. The adjustments that currencies can make can only go so far. To a degree, it's a zero-sum game, right? The transmission mechanism from what the ECB is doing into the real economy is not working. That's a stark contrast in Europe to what we're seeing in the U.S. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Good morning, Worldwide Futures in negative 12. They've deteriorated over the last two hours. A bit of a bid here right now, but I'm really stretching to find some calm. What a day yesterday. A little bit more of that today. We'll discuss that through our next two hours of Bloomberg surveillance. I'm watching German yields. They really haven't moved much, and that's important. If German yields were to break down to greater negative yields, uh, that would be something. We're not there uh, yet. A Bloomberg surveillance this morning brought to you by Cohn. Resnick Accounting Tax Advisory. Regulatory changes can impact your business. See how the experts at Cohn Resnick can help you navigate these complexities. Find out more at ConeResnick.com. C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K. And as I spell Cohn Resnick, Michael McKee, I can spell C-L-I-N-T-O-N. And even I can spell T-R-U-M-P. We had an election last night, Mike. Oh, primaries. Yeah, yes. The uh, it, it, it well, it's it's almost impossible to get it out. <laughs> the Republicans yeah. look like they have nominated Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton has uh, such a big delegate lead. Bernie Sanders won the Indiana primary yesterday, but doesn't get enough delegates to really change the. Uh, yeah. Narrative. Yeah. Chris Kruger joins from Guggenheim out of Vermont and also King's College London. Uh, Chris, good morning. Good morning. What was, was there any surprise yesterday or did everybody get it right? Um, well, no, I think that the, the big surprise was that Ted Cruz dropped out of the race. Also that Bernie Sanders, um, you know, won his 19th contest. This is his second big win in a Rust Belt state behind his upset win in Michigan, uh, and it gives Sanders a huge fundraising boost, and it means that the Democratic race is going to go right. all the way to June 7th. If he's doing if so well, if he's doing so well, why is he so far behind in the delicate derby? Well, this is a, a major um, a major issue that Sanders is is making with Democrats, and that is that it is a it is a rigged system. It's these super delegates that account for 19 percent of the total. Right. Um, and the the troubling thing for Clinton is that Sanders is sort of attacking her on the left for this sort of rigged system with super delegates, which kind of dovetails with what Donald Trump's latest line of attack: crooked Hillary, someone you can't you know trust, et cetera. So. You've got this issue from right and left with Hillary sort of taking incoming fire from, from both sides. We, uh, we opine, but you get paid to make predictions. Um, if, if a company comes to you and says today who's going to be president, uh, what are you telling them? I think people are, are continue to discount Donald Trump. I think the general election can be summarized through uh, through a binary prism, and that is that if the general election is a referendum on Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton's going to win. But if it's a referendum on Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump is going to win. And it's it's a long way to go. It's going to be a race to the very bottom with two of the most polarizing political candidates in American history. How does Hillary campaign differently than the Republicans who lost to Donald Trump? 
Well, I mean, I think one of one of the big lessons, uh, you know, with with the Republican Party is that no one really laid a finger on Trump until, you know, he had built up this this head of steam. Um, the, the thing that's been remarkable, though, isn't so much the attacks that people have made on Trump. It's that Trump has said some of the most, you know, unbelievable, unbelievably polarizing uh, statements. Yeah. And it's just this it's this sort of. I don't know if it's Teflon or he, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's really unprecedented. And there's this X factor with Trump that he's just right. not a, not a normal candidate. Before we turn to the, the economics at the moment, one more of the, of the political angle. You absolutely nail there the things that he said. There seems to be a belief, interview to interview that we have, that people have short term memory and that they won't remember so, you know, whatever the politics is. Those those statements, good or bad, do you buy that idea that that the memories fade? I think what we're, we're, we're what this election is you know showing us a little bit. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's a thirty second soundbite culture. Trump excels in that format, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, etc. I mean, no one else can touch him on social media, and no one else, quite frankly, alive is, in my estimation, a better communicator than Trump in that he has an ability to dominate a 24-hour news cycle unlike anyone else on the planet. The real question now, I guess, is whether Donald Trump leads a Republican Party or leads uh, a Trump Party. The New York Times, big front-page story on how uh, many prominent Republicans have tweeted out or, or uh, announced that they are now going to either support Hillary or or sit the election out. Um, what kind of trouble is the party in, which means uh, what kind of trouble are the, are the down-ballot Republicans, members of the House and Senate, in? Well, look, I mean, I think since January when, when Trump really, uh, you know, began emerging, I mean, mo- most Republicans have been cycling through the five stages of grief, right? Denial, anger, depression, bargaining, and acceptance. I think you're, you're, you're starting to see whether it's, it's someone like John Boehner saying he would vote for Trump or Rens Priebus, the RNC chairman, saying he is, he's now the nominee and we will do everything we can to, to, stop, uh, to stop Hillary Clinton from becoming the nominee. So you're, you're, with, with Cruz getting out last night, I don't think it can be understated how big a deal that was because now Trump can start consolidating, start moving Republicans through those stages of grief faster, and you – on the Democratic side, you're going to continue to have uh, this Sanders-Clinton race that is probably going to continue to get nasty. Yeah, but can Trump keep Republicans with him? Well, he has to if he's going to win. Um, look, at, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's Trump-Clinton, right? It's, it's the, 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 you know, this, I really think this election is going to be, who do you, who do you hate, who do you hate less? Um, I think you'll, you're, you'll start seeing Republicans uh, coming coming back in, but you know I think the, yeah. the, the best the, the first thing to watch for will be who is who does Trump pick for his vice president, and does that appeal yeah. to to Republicans? Because it's also look, it's not just it's not just the White House; it's also the Supreme yeah. Court, it's also the House, and it's also the Senate. And 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 Chris, Chris Kruger, as you know, uh, this has happened a few times in American history before, even if the. Uh, the debates and the ferocity of it right now seems to be quite something. Does the economy play into this at all? Do you buy the idea that 
let's say we get sub 2% GDP, which I'm saying is not a consensus call, but if we get a tepid economy, does anybody matter, or is this the one time where the economy is not uh, what the election's about? Oh, no, I think it'll be hugely consequential because Clinton is sort of running for Obama's third term. And there's, the, I mean, the, the, the heat, what you're seeing with both Trump and Sanders voters in particular is in commonality is this, uh, you know, uh, fear that they've been left behind, this economic disenfranchisement, et cetera. So, you know, a, as the economy goes, I suspect there will be a pretty strong correlation with, with the economy and with Hillary Clinton's poll numbers. Well, the interesting thing is, is uh, if you look at what Trump has proposed, he would make everybody far worse off. His economic plans make no sense. So can, can that level of detail penetrate, or is this all going to be sound bites and insults? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, back, back to Tom's earlier, uh, uh, you know, point, I mean, I think this is, this is a 30-second soundbite election, um, and it's, I mean, it's, you know, ju- juvenile schoolyard taunts, I think, are going to eclipse, yeah. you know, 300-page tax reform proposals. Yeah, let's come back. Chris Kruger with us with Guggenheim, and, of course, we'll have to look at the Senate and the House. Uh, Greg Vallier just incendiary yesterday about the fragility, obviously, of the Senate. I think that's out there, but even Greg Vallier looks at House analysis as being uh, timely. Uh, Mike, uh, December 29th, 2015, the American philosopher Douglas Cass, quote, despite his rude and crude campaign, Donald Trump, Ahead of all of his Republican competitors, he takes on Hillary Clinton, and their first televised debate attracts nearly 100 million viewers. Given the world's chaotic landscape, the November election will be much closer than expected, but Clinton beats Trump 293 to 245. That from one decass. Uh, Five months ago. Up to, the, uh, up to his, uh, his prediction on, on electoral votes. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, but there it is, and there's been some people. Marty Schenker of Bloomberg News, again, like Mr. Cass, way out front on respect and cred for the outlook that Mr. Trump maybe would garner majorities in selected elections. A few, but I think there's a lot of fear among analysts. Yeah. They were wrong before. They don't want to be wrong again. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that this morning is important, as we see Senator Cruz Step aside. Michael Barr will have much more of that in New York and your news around the world as well. Futures negative 11. Dow futures negative 80. The yield 1.80%. All right. Let's check in with Michael Barr now and get the latest world and national headlines. Michael. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. And as you mentioned, it looks like a Donald Trump-Hillary Clinton showdown in the general presidential election in November. Trump won the Indiana Republican primary yesterday. His main opponent, Ted Cruz, quit the race, giving Trump a clear path. Bernie Sanders beat Clinton in the Democratic primary, but she has a large delegate lead. The White House says President Barack Obama's visit to Flint, Michigan today is focused not on accountability, but support and making sure the response to the lead-contaminated water crisis continues. The president plans to meet with Michigan Governor Rick Snyder, get a briefing on the federal response, hear from residents, and speak at a local high school. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Michael, thanks so much. The Euro 115, exactly 1.1500, churning, as I've said a number of times this morning, flighty. 
is the, uh, was that an adjective or an adverb, Mike? Flighty. Flighty. It's a flighty. Flighty FX market. Bloomberg surveillance. Well, it's going to be an interesting presidential campaign, but what does the campaign and what do the nominees mean down the ballot for House and Senate? We'll talk with Chris Kruger of Guggenheim here on Surveillance. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Let's go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. Here's Bill Maloney. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Karen. Futures have paired some of their losses but remain under pressure. Dow futures currently lower by 89 points. SBs drop 12. And NASDAQ futures fall by 30. The U.S. 10 yield falls to 1.78% after the ADP employment change data. And main European markets are also lower, led by 1.3% declines in the U.K. On the U.S. economic front at 8.30, trade balance and non-farm productivity. And 9.45, market U.S. services PMI. And at 10 o'clock, ISM non-manufacturing, factory orders, and durable goods orders. After the bell last night, Avis sees 2016 revenue up 3 to 5%. CBS beat and Illumina and Western Union missed. Some of the earnings highlights today, Energizer raised your EPS views. Mosaic EPS was in line. Time Warner and Humana beat. And Priceline Q2 missed estimates. Shares are down 10% pre-market. In deal news, Fires are said to approach Medivation on a potential buy. Finally, some of your Wall Street upgrades and downgrades. FedEx raised overweight at Barclays. And Adarco cut to market perform at BMO. Grubhub cut to eco-weight at Morgan Stanley. National Oil Well cut to sell at SockGen. And at UBS, KB Home cut to sell. And Beezer Homes cut to neutral. Live from the first breaking news desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, thanks, Bill. And just to give you more on those ADP numbers, the ADP Research Institute said U.S. firms added 156,000 jobs in April, and economists were looking for a report of 195,000. To hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type Squawk Go on your terminal, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K Go. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco Factor-Based Strategies can help investors focus on high quality, low volatility, and more. Learn more at Invesco.com slash high conviction. Well, Mike, it moved the market. I mean, the least you can say is yields with a vengeance come in 1.7752 on the 10-year. Yeah, two basis point move there. Uh, about two basis points for the five-year at 1.23. The issue, of course, is always is what does ADP really tell you about what's happening on Friday with the jobs report? Mark Zandi of Moody's, who puts together this report for ADP, says the job market appears to have stumbled in April with weakness across most sectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether we see that in the month is going to be interesting because this was a month when we saw the lowest jobless claims numbers since the Nixon administration. Yeah, and the the lethargy or stability within the job economy, non-farm payrolls, three-month moving average, 209,000, six-month moving average, 246,000, and right on top of it, the one-year moving average, 234,000. It has been almost trendless for three years. The uh, biggest decline in the ADP report, manufacturing, down 13,000 jobs. We did see a slight drop in the uh, ISM and payrolls index, 
but uh, it, yeah. not one that would suggest that big of a decline. So it will be interesting to see. And, of course, uh, the 156,000 jobs that ADP is talking about are private sector jobs, does not include government. So you've got to factor in government when you're making your forecast for Friday. Do you, do you think anyone in Washington cares? Do you think Secretary Clinton cares or Mr. Trump cares? Or? They care on the margin. I mean, yeah. none of them. Well, well, we'll ask Chris Kruger about it. None of them are going to understand this well enough to to uh, you know make a fine distinction. I can imagine that the number is weaker than a headline. So, uh, Chris Kruger of uh, of Guggenheim Securities, uh, the the people at your shop are going to understand that 156,000 is still enough to keep the unemployment rate falling. It's not a bad number, and of course, ADP doesn't. Uh, tell us a lot about what's going to happen on Friday. But if I'm Donald Trump, I'm sending out a press release that says the economy is collapsing. <laughs> right. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we uh, if, if you want to make America great again, uh, vote vote for me, and we'll have, you know, a million jobs created every uh, every month. Well, the, uh, the uh, issue is uh, then, you know, how do you sell – I guess it's it, 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 Trump's been able to do it, sell the idea that the economy is in terrible shape. Um, yeah, I mean he he has. I mean he um, uh, he you know uh, through through you know the the, the social media um, avenues that he just that he just dominates. He you know it's um, I think every everyone knows what his message is. You know for good or bad, it's you know it's the hat, it's the branding, it's everything. Versus, you know, Clinton's message, which, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure what it is. It's sort of this kind of muddled, you know, I'm not Trump and this is Obama and let's let's go for Obama's third term. And that, you know, it's when you when you have someone with a very clear message versus someone who, you know, is 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 a little more wishy washy. That's that's not a great place to be, although the general election isn't for six months. Well, go ahead, Mike. Uh, We want to get to the question that Tom and I were posing before the break because we only have a a few minutes left here. What happens now for the in the in the races for the Senate and the House? Well, I mean, I think the the one you know one thing I think that we we have you know a lot of conviction on uh, at Guggenheim Securities is that whoever wins the White House is also going to win the Senate, and that's because you have this incredible. Uh, correlation between the key battleground states in the Electoral College along with the key Senate races that will determine control. You have very few ticket splitters now. Uh, so, you know, whoever, whatever president, you know, whoever wins Ohio is going to get that Senate race. Uh, right now the Senate is 54-46 Republican controlled. The map is gruesome for Republicans. They're defending 24 seats to the Democrats. Uh, 10 seats, none of which are terribly competitive. And of those 24, the Republicans have seven, uh, seven senators that are running for reelect in states Obama carried twice. The employment number that we have, 143 million, almost 144 million Americans employed, that number is way, way up through the eight years of President Obama, the campaign before I get into all that. Does it does the economy again really link into what we see? Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a, a huge, a huge impact. I mean, this is a, a big criticism from from a, a lot of Democrats is is that you know the, the president, you know, arguably the greatest campaigner of all time, um, with a with a pretty strong uh, you know economy, a good story to tell, and no one's really telling that yeah. story, which is why you you can have someone like. 
like Trump sort of come in and, you know, hammer the, right. the, the Make America Great Again. Now, this has been great, Chris Krueger. Uh, thank you so much. He is with Guggenheim. Stay with us. Bloomberg Surveillance. Coming up, though, with all due respect, highlight brought to you by Land Rover. If it's in your nature to cast off the everyday and seek adventure, the Discovery Sport was built to help your search. Visit Land Rover, tristate.com, or call 1-800-FIND-4WD for details. Land Rover, above and beyond.